Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. Who said that? Who the f said that? There's a Tommy ass! Phone's for you. I think it's the devil. Who are these fing guys? There's a Tommy ass! We'll go to the loony bin together. It's a lot of nonsense. A little nonsense now and then is relished by the wisest man. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Total BS Podcast Sunday Night Live Stream. It's like Sunday Night Football, just a little bit better. How about, how about you, Justin? <laughs> I am so excited for today's episode. We have two, count them, two guests joining the Total BS Podcast. But in honor of Father's Day, Saul, I just have to ask you, what concert costs 45 cents? What concert costs 45 cents? Yes, 50 Cent featuring Nickelback. This is your <laughs> your dad joke brought to you by the Total BS Podcast. <laughs> Let's run it, man. Your fans just might turn into our fans. Be cool, it's just part of the program. Spit your best 16 if you must. You're not whack, you just sound whack rapping after us. Yo, your fans just might turn into our fans. Be cool, it's just a part of this program. Spit your best 16 if you must. You not whack, you just sound whack rapping after us. And Justin, uh, it's kind of apropos that <laughs> I'm still laughing about the joke. I know, but uh, you know, we we have been talking about our sound, or or actually the the sound that has been lended to us, I should say, uh, by a group called MC Squared, who's doing some pretty cool hip hop things out there in San Antonio area. A uh, long time ago, in my past life, I was a drill sergeant, and one of the rappers in this group. Uh, was one of my element leaders and we worked together for about nine weeks. And when I say work together, most of the time I was doing the instructing and he was doing the listening. He's a, he's a, we we don't have that relationship anymore. It's more of a mutual based sound. And my man LQ is in the house from MC squared. What's going on? What's good? I'm good, man. Hey, you know, first of all, we got both Justin and I want to say thank you for, uh, you know, you and Wheezy letting our uh, letting us use uh, your sound. Wheezy, right? That's his name, or Sweezy? Smeezy. Sweezy, <laughs> my <laughs> bad. Okay. Damn, I knew I was gonna screw it up. I said it eighty nine no. times today. I knew I was gonna screw it up. No, no, no. I, I, I may, I, I, I count the days that people mess up his name. So I'm just like, yeah. Exactly. Happy, happy Father's Day to you, Saul. Having the most dad moment ever. Because I remember growing up listening to rap, and my dad was like. Who's that little John Wayne guy that you're always listening to? <laughs> uh, I'll take Had a that one for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, LQ, you know, I think people uh, don't understand. Like, this brother's trying to get his master's degree right now. University of Texas, San Antonio, correct? Yeah, yeah. And, and not only that, but all, obviously there's a lot of stuff going on in the world right now. And you're actually – are you in a journalism class going out to the cover or are you working for an outlet no. going out to the cover so... some of the protests? I was working for, uh, so I, I keep my own blog. I, I keep my own blog steady, but I also do um, journalism for like, uh, like just different magazines and stuff around here. So the recent one I was working with for uh, was the San Antonio Current. And so, uh, yeah, I just do freelance journalism as well. If anyone wants an article, they want to submit it, you know what I'm saying? I'll take the interview and uh, knock it out. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Justin? I'm just, you know, curious during this time right now, what's going through your mind? Because it seems like a lot of hip hop artists in the game 
are being creative. They're using this time to let all their emotions go in songs. Meek Mill just released a song. Little Baby released a song last week, which I thought was terrific. Uh, For you being in this industry and everything that's going on, what's going through your mind? Everything that's going on, everyone else's, man. Uh, We're actually, believe it or not, same thing, like you just called it. Uh, So we're we're working on an album, uh, a small project right now called Paramount. And what it is, it's, it's just, it's addressing everything that's going on right now. And like our take on it and especially coming from perspectives of veterans. And then now you got veterans in the hip hop game. It's like, we're really, you know what I'm saying? Uh, expanding on the ideas and the understandings of what we've been through, our experiences. And um, we're going to go on it. So right now we have four songs created. Uh, they should be done by next week and, uh, if I'm not mistaken, we're, we're going to release it free at first. So it's going to be on like Bandcamp and SoundCloud. And then later on, um, we'll just put it up on Spotify and things like that. Well, speaking of new albums, you guys just dropped yeah. one uh, a little bit ago. Yeah. Uh, Soul Physics. Ago. Soul fi- Physics. Uh, it's about nine tracks on there, correct? Oh, Soul Physics. I thought you meant uh, F- Venus. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Venus. You're right. You're right. It's Venus. My bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again. My bad. Yeah, yeah. Venus. <laughs> nah. uh, you know, yeah. T- tell, tell the people, you know, what are you guys trying to model your sound after? If there was a, a particular sound out there, because it's a little bit it's a little bit different, right? You got a little, you know, every time I hear it, I think a little mm. D'Angelo vibe. You know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah. just kind of, yeah. you know, a little brown sugar it's, kind of uh, thing going on. You know what I mean? What is and then that? you, what is this? and then the there flow. Right there. Yeah. there it is. See, there it is. You know what I mean? And then, and then the flow comes in, and you just like you kind of caught off guard because you're like, oh, this is a nice smooth sound, and the beat is yeah. is kicking. And then you guys come in with the flow, and it and it just sounds really good. I appreciate that, man. Um, I think the biggest inspiration for us has been. Uh, the Soul Quarians. It's a group, and it's not like an official group, but back in early 2000s, they called themselves the Soul Quarians. And what it was, it's crazy that you mentioned, it is D'Angelo, it was Erica Badu, it was Common. Uh, my all-time favorite artist is Common. Uh, it's a little biased, being from Chicago. But um, yeah, it was all them dudes, uh, Quest Love from The Roots, Black Thought. Um, most deaf and Talib Kweli, like heavy hitters. And they all started making music together at uh, this place called Electric Lady in New York. And they have one main producer, which was Jay Dilla. And uh, I got like a Jay Dilla shrine up here because he's the dopest producer to ever live. But that's pretty, like his sounds and his production really gave us a sense of what we, what we like, what we want to do. Because at the time we started, we didn't, it was just industry sounds. We weren't making like more, any like trap stuff. We were just making like more soulful things. And um, yeah, that was like the biggest inspiration for us uh, as writers and also just the sound. And now it's just everywhere. It's, it's, it's everywhere. We doing trap beats. We doing street, we doing whatever now. It's like, it's so much fun. Cause we're right now, I, since we released the uh, album, we talked about him. We were like, bro, and sorry he couldn't be here. He, he had his daughter, Father's Day. He's so, all good. Yeah. Uh, we just started hopping on everybody's song. So it's a bunch of songs getting ready to come out with like features and stuff on it that, you know, with sounds that we haven't done before. Yeah. Well, that's dope. Well, you know, we, we won't tease the people anymore. We'll, we'll give them a little <laughs> taste of that sound. How about we do that? 
music blaze through my psyche Formulate the dope flows and spit it quite nicely I'm the rhyme of that get whack rap as a panic attack Jack, I'm lost in hip-hop and yo, it ain't no coming back In fact, a lot of rappers got a whole lot to say about Nothing in particular, my ears are meticulous And I ain't trying to hear that whack shit Local radio, all I'm hearing is trap shit What's up with that? Keep in mind, party music is cool But dog, Cuba, you ain't living like that Need the boom in the back Give me the soul, give me the jazz A little blues and a little dog I'm ready to blast and go hard like it don't get soft Give me your mic and watch your brother steal your mind like I won't get caught Renaissance of hip-hop is here, lend me your ear Listen close, cause I'm not gonna say it again Let's be real, say word, this is the deal I heard a lot of niggas say hip-hop is dead Absurd, they gon' see, it's true, hip-hop lives And who? It's me, Z, and D, and LQ So true, let's be real, say word, this is the deal I heard a lot of niggas say hip-hop is dead Absurd, they gon' see, it's true, hip-hop lives And who? It's me, Z, and D, and LQ So true, we the graduates and our title says we mastered it The MCs are shitting on y'all without the laxative Some say I'm passionate, a hip-hop activist Carefree and cool, but fuck it, you pick an adjective Have to get a clue on who the truest Keep in mind on this microphone, this is not Keith and Lewis Yo, nobody do the way that Smees do it Cause these beats are an extension of myself the way I weave through it So get your tracks up, back up all your facts up I am the director for all these rappers who act up The award goes to those that don't know you Basically you Krill and I am Goku Just saying, what I Delaying my way and I never hesitate Demonstrate, pass it to Q, watch him incinerate My style is imitated across the interstate These rappers take after me, basically I penetrate Breaking through beats, not take you a seat I control alternatives and make you delete And leave the speakers hella weak with every word that I speak Easily having them repeat, yo that's me, he's a beast There's no option, brother use caution Even on the weekends I do this shit often All I need is jazz vibe out with a beat steady knocking The mic in my palm and these niggas are forgotten Say word, this is the deal. I heard a lot of niggas say hip hop is dead. Absurd, they gon' see it's true. Hip hop lit, and who? It's Smeezy, and D, and LQ. So, so true. true, let's be real. Say word, this is the deal. I heard a lot of niggas say hip hop is dead. Absurd, they gon' see it's true. Hip hop lit, and who? It's Smeezy, and D, and LQ. Hey, that's that's exactly what I'm talking about right there, man. That's that's a little taste of uh, what this young man has to offer in MC Squared and Smeezy. There we go. <laughs> you know, I, you know what, what I what I also love about it is you guys aren't afraid to tackle some of the some of the issues or or even the the connection between people. I think a lot of times, um, you know, we we shy away from the intimacy. Uh, that we sometimes have in relationships. And you guys dive into that quite a bit uh, with your music. Also, I love the visuals in the background, the colors with the lights. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, me being in digital media, like I can appreciate how mm-hmm. how much time and effort goes into that stuff. Hey, kudos to you, man. I, I commend that. And I'm the same way. I uh, My undergrad was in communications. And so doing all that stuff, man, and like actually seeing what, really draws people to media certain types and certain forms of media yeah it's like it's fun being able to use that but use it in a music setting right that's dope that's dope 
LQ, I'm, I'm curious, during a global pandemic, how do you um, perform? How do you book shows? I mean, what, what's kind of the, the plan for MC Square right now during a global pandemic? Uh, right now, our current plan is create and network as much as possible. So it's um, we should have been on top of it. Uh, as far as being more visual and like getting more visual content out there. Um, and so this definitely delayed a lot of that. But as of right now, since we really can't do that too much, uh, it's, we're just creating. We're just we're working on a new album. Um, to be honest, we're actually working on three projects simultaneously right now. Um, the Paramount album that I just told you about, it just came about a couple of weeks ago because of all of the protests and everything that's going on. Um, but we ended up doing a show at a place out here called The Brick at Blue Star. Uh, we have a virtual show getting ready to come out, hopefully here in about a week or so. Uh, we have a 30-minute set. It's all virtual, so we, it was dope. We were able to just go into the warehouse and just gear up and just jam out with the band. And um, so that's what a lot of gats are doing right now, a lot of virtual shows. Um, we're going to have a versus battle with one of the crews that we really like out here named supreme innovation uh, that's going to be july 1st and um probably a live listening party because we didn't we were going to have a live listening party um but literally the day we scheduled it was the day that everybody did the blackout online Oh. And so, oh, yeah. yeah, it was it was yeah. crazy. So yeah. we were just like, all right, but we didn't know that yeah. was gonna be the case. So sure. you know, we just like, hey, we're not gonna do this. We're gonna postpone it. The album, you know, it released the next day, and it's still been good. It's been really good. Venus people really liked it. People really like it so far. And um, yeah, I think we're gonna do. We haven't set a date yet, but we're still gonna do a listening, like a virtual listening and like Q and A session and stuff like that, pretty soon. Love, love it. Still. That's dope. That's dope. Hey, uh, LQ, man. Hey, man. You know, I love you, man. And you, I, I love the, the passion in which you guys do your work and all the yeah. stuff that you've been doing, not only, uh, you know, privately with music, but also, you know, still striving to get that master's degree. You know, education is everything mm-hmm. nowadays. Um, and then the work that you've been doing to try and put out everybody's um, their story, especially when it comes to uh, the Black Lives Matter movement and the protests and, and things of that nature. So, uh, absolutely. Uh, I'm blessed to, to know you, my friend, and uh, thank you so much for coming on and joining us tonight. Definitely, thank you, guys. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep tuning in. I'm, I'm about to listen. I'm about to watch this because I want to know. I want to see the "Don't Be That Guy" segment. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's uh, Luis LQ Iverson uh, joining yeah. us from MC Squared with his man Smeezy. Uh, helping them, uh, you know, kick these nice, nice rhymes, man, and nice flow to uh, everything that they do. So appreciate you again, brother. Thanks, LQ. Definitely. Have a good. All right. Yeah. I mean, hey, it's just it's just good to uh, come across and, and see what everybody has um, when it comes to talent. You know, there's so much talent out there in the world um, and, and I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Our next guest is probably going to come on and say he does not have talent, but it's complete BS. Because <laughs> my man. <laughs> I'm, not I don't, a, I'm full of them tonight. I don't know what's going on, man. But I, let me tell you a little bit about this guy. Uh, his name's Greg Esposito, 
and uh, he knows a little bit about everything. I, I mean, if you've ever had the chance to watch his his stream, and uh, you know, he does a, a sun centric uh, show uh, with his buddy Dave King and company, and uh, he does a great job. But uh, I wanted to bring him on because I wanted him to talk about more than just sun stuff. So. Here he is, Mr. Greg Esposito. What's up, Espo? Shouldn't you have called it total BS? Don't you know how this branding? Uh, this, uh, well, this is why this is why I reached learning. out to my man right here because he he's like, hey, you know, I would have gone with this way. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. So, but, by the way, Justin, I rocked the uh, the Tucson Roadrunners jersey just for you, my friend. You're the man. This I love my, it. This was my Father's Day gift, and I thought you'd get a kick out of it, so I thought I'd bring it to the program. What number is it? Uh, there's no number on the back. It's uh, it's nameless. It's, it's still uh, a kick-ass jersey. Yeah, I, I I'm a I'm a huge nerd with uh with random jerseys like this. So are you uh, are you, are you a, the type of dude that uh, bashes other people for wearing their own name on their on their jersey? No, if you want to do that, do it. I got a Cardinals jersey with my own. It's actually less weird than wearing the the name and number of a guy that's younger than you playing on the team. I, that's weird to me too. You know, like I can still wear Larry Fitzgerald because we're the same age basically. Yep. And, and yep. I've watched him since college when I was in college. So I'm okay with that. But anybody else, like my wife wants to get me a Kyler Murray Jersey. And I'm like, that's just a little weird. Like I'm almost old enough to be that guy's dad. Like, <laughs> just get, get no name or my own name on the back. I'll be that guy. I'll there you go. There you, go. I I, I, you know, I appreciate that point of view because I don't wear anybody's jersey because I'm tired of replacing my jerseys all the time, man. I'm just not about that life. So, you know what? Bookman, seven for basketball. Bookman, 32 for football. We're good. Peace out. Just get the throwbacks. I mean, that's that's the way. Like, uh, my other gift for Father's Day was a Shane Doan Kachina Coyotes jersey. And it's like, well, Shane Doan's always going to be synonymous with the Coyotes, so you can't go wrong there. Uh, throwbacks, are, throwbacks are your own name or uh, – are the way I'm going to stick for a while, I think. There you go. There you go. Hey, well, we brought you on because we wanted to talk about some crazy stuff, uh, starting with, uh, Miss, you know, Mr. Uh, Kyrie Irving, obviously. But, uh, <laughs> you know, obviously, uh, we everybody has a perspective on Mr. Kyrie Irving. It's, uh, it's, it's hard to pinpoint where this guy is coming from, and I think that's what everybody's issue is right now. They don't know what – what is really in his heart? Is it social justice? Is it COVID? Is it not social justice? Is it for personal reasons? Is it for the league reasons? Is he trying to sabotage? Is he not trying to sabotage? It's all over the place. What's your take on Mr. Kyrie Irving right now? I don't think he's trying to sabotage the league. I think he's a, a very smart guy that can be misguided at times from what we've been able to tell. And I mean, none of us actually know him. And so, so obviously that clouds the perception. We're only hearing leaked information from supposed phone calls, but uh, everything I've heard is he's a very intelligent guy. He thinks outside the box, obviously we can't tell if he's, uh, he's truthful about thinking the earth's flat or not. Like there's all sorts of things with Kyrie, but in this situation, I, I tend to believe it, it really is to him about social justice, probably some concerns that, uh, that the league uh, and the Players Association, for that matter, are more concerned about the money uh, than, than health, safety, and, and social justice, which probably is in part true. I mean, this comes down to if there weren't billions of dollars on the line, uh, neither side probably cares all that much to go play basketball, all things 
considered in the world right now. So I think he's probably coming from uh, the right kind of place and going about it the wrong kind of way, right? Uh, I, I get that we're in a player empowerment era. I'm all for that. I think players should very much uh, be able to speak their minds, be able to uh, put forward causes that are important to them. Uh, I just, I didn't quite understand the, well, we can go do this on our own, right? We're, we're all either in media or have been in media. And we all know the guy that goes, well, I could just leave this media company and go out and venture on my own and do this pretty easily. And we all know the answer is no, you can't. It's not that easy. <laughs> it's very difficult to do this. Uh, and it's nice to have uh, somebody else putting all the financial, uh, uh, you know, taking all the financial risk on their end. Uh, so the whole players could start a league thing. We heard it back during the last lockout in 2011. It, that was just a very weird time to to bring that up and and we've heard varying things about how true that was or how serious that comment was that was the weirdest thing to me i am all for uh, let's put uh black lives matter front and center in, in this relaunch in the orlando bubble i'm all for put it on the court use use the eyes that you're going to have on this uh on this restart for the nba to promote social justice in any way possible that that you can and I, and i'm all for these players uh, trying to make sure that this is the safest way to go about restarting a league. But where Kyrie lost me was the let's go start our own league, forget the owners, if that actually happened. Yeah, yeah that didn't which, work out so hot for the XFL. I'm <laughs> tell you that right now. Go ahead, Jim. Which, which Game of Zones predicted, by the way? Yes. Big shout out to our guy, Game of Zones. <laughs> that was one of my favorite things about this whole thing is literally they stole the Simpsons shtick of predicting the future through through cartoon, and I'm, I'm here for it. It was pretty entertaining. But this bubble system that they're going to have in place, 22 teams isolated in Orlando. Espo, what do you see as the biggest hurdle or the biggest cons doing this way? Uh, I'll, I'll give you a hint. <laughs> 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 Go ahead. Well, look, this is probably the safest we've heard of any sport, with the exception hockey's trying to do a very similar thing. But this is probably the safest concept we've heard about restarting a league. Uh, MLB may be second safest because they don't look like they're actually going to play, not because they don't want to, because they can't get out of their own damn way. But uh, but when you look at it, football, the NFL, college football, they're all just acting as if we're just going to do this the same way we always have, and and it's going to work out fine, which we're seeing as, as these colleges open isn't necessarily going to be the case. We're seeing lots of positive tests. The bubble seems to be the one way you might be able to pull this off without having to start and stop uh, multiple times because of illness. But, but, but I, I'm going I'm to I'm just interject for a second. Like, I completely understand where you're coming from, right? I think the other thing that gets lost in this is the fact that you have this bubble scenario, then they're going to end the season, and then a month and a half later, start season number two somehow, or maybe even two months later, but still, is two months isn't enough to come up with a different plan, but, right? But going, what would it be? I mean, in the end, it'd be nine months without playing any organized basketball isn't a great way to go about it either. There's no there's no perfect way to handle this, right? Yeah, yeah. There is no perfect way to finish the, the, the season that was put on hiatus and then start the next season uh, in, in a reasonable time near where they started before. I still think they don't start the, the season, the next season, until the, uh, the end of December. I, I just don't see I them starting. 
yet. I just don't see them starting at the beginning of December, but those are all things that they'll still negotiate with the players. This isn't all, uh, this isn't all set in stone there. There's a lot of wiggle room here, but if we're just talking about trying to complete the, uh, the 2019, 2020 season, the bubble's probably the closest you're going to get to, to safe, but it still isn't because you're going to have players that, that may, leave and and it does not sound like as much as they want this to be a lockdown situation it sounds like there's going to be some leeway here and you're still going to have elements that aren't going to be completely controllable the disney staff isn't going to be quarantined on the premise they're going to be able to come and go so something may come in with that we still don't know how older coaches uh, are going to be handled in this situation guys like the mike d'antoni's and the greg popovich's the alvin gentry's who are in that high risk category just based on age Uh, there's so many what ifs still going on and i'm sure they're still trying to figure out a lot of this Uh, we're not in the clear as to them actually playing basketball yet uh there's a plan but a lot can change especially they're heading into florida which i I believe the last i heard and i'm not an epidemiologist so i don't (laughs) i I don't know everything but i think it was 10 percent uh a positive rate over the last week in florida so you're heading into uh an area that is one of the higher uh, higher risk areas in the country right now. So that's not perfect either. So there's, there's just a lot of question marks still. I'm going to throw this question out to both of you. When, when is, is there, let me just say that, is there ever a scenario where they, every sports league just says, you know what, if it happens, it happens. Oh, Oh, man. I mean, apparently I've dropped a bomb. Oh, <laughs> okay. I, honestly, I think we're we're kind of we're kind of there in in some ways. I think that's the NFL's attitude as of right now. That now that may change as they get into training camps and stuff. And if the, you see a lot of positive uh, positive tests, uh, you know that that may. I mean, you're, you're already starting to see them. Tampa yeah. Bay. Yeah, true. Tampa Bay. You had Ezekiel Elliott and and a few other Cowboys. There's. Uh, that's how is the NFL going to react? I mean, they kind of scoffed at the thought that uh, Dr. Fauci said they have to play in a bubble if they're going to want to play. Uh, they kind of scoffed at that already. So they may be the sport that just says, you know what? You sign the waiver. You know the risks. We're just going to go out and play, and whatever happens, happens. Yeah. Uh, we may be at that point. Uh, yeah. And, and it's, uh, we are in uncharted territory, and I wonder if our desire for entertainment these leagues' desires for money uh, is going to just put put a lot of people in, in danger just simply because of those two factors. And maybe all sides are being selfish when it comes to it. Uh, but I like what the NBA is doing. They're saying, if you don't want to play because you're concerned about health, we're not forcing you. You And you're not going to be punished if, if you don't play. I hope that's the approach other leagues take. It sounds like baseball is looking at a similar approach if they actually reach an agreement. I hope that's what the NFL does because if you're forcing guys uh, into this, that's that's an even more bizarre situation, and it crosses all sorts of lines. And the first person I think of when I hear the NBA just saying, well, if you get it, you get it, I think of Carl Anthony Towns, his own mother passed away from COVID-19. So I couldn't imagine being in Kat's position and listening to the commissioner, which I don't think Adam Silver would ever say that, but if the NBA were to have this mindset of, 
listen, you sign this piece of paper. If you can, if you get COVID-19, you're going to go into a 14 day quarantine and that's going to be it. It, it. To me, it just seems a little reckless and maybe a little insensitive to maybe some people who have been affected by COVID-19 like Carl Anthony Towns, because I don't think it's the players that are worried about catching the virus. I think they're worried about possibly infecting their loved ones, whether it's their parents or maybe their head coach, who's a little bit on the older side. So uh, like you said, Espo, I agree with you. I don't think there's any perfect way to go about this, but I, I honestly don't know what's what's going to happen next. No, look, the only perfect way is to wait for there for there to be a vaccine, and until then, there's no perfect way. And the the one thing that that worries me is, you know, the the attitude and the and the assumption based on everything we know is young, healthy athletes. The likelihood that any of them get severely ill uh, is is slim. But it's just going to take one guy for that to turn south in this and and it changes the entire dynamic if yeah. one guy uh gets gets seriously ill and and close or or god forbid passes away from this it's going to grind everything to a halt and rightfully so uh because yeah sure it's a slim uh, a slim statistical possibility that somebody in that age range with a uh, with good health uh, winds up having something happen, but it's still a possibility. Uh, and that's, that's the danger. That's the reality of it. And it's, it's a risk that I think we're going to see a lot of these leagues take. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just a, it's just a crazy s- series of events um, that we're trying to, to navigate, but uh, let's go to a lighter subject. Um, Please, let's and do that's, it. and that's baseball. <laughs> <laughs> much, much lighter yeah much much lighter i mean you know what i think is so ironic is that we have been discussing baseball in terms of labor negotiations this entire time almost as if covid didn't even exist anymore and then this week eight philadelphia phillies get it they got to shut down florida and arizona spring training sites and it's like oh yeah we uh we've been bickering over this and we completely forgot about this you know, the elephant in the room, which is the reason why we had to go through labor negotiations in the first place and delay everything. Hey, Justin, uh, real quick, have you have you changed your perspective on Major League Baseball and do you think they will come to an agreement soon? And if so, do you think we're going to see baseball this year at all? No, I really don't because – we are continuing to test more athletes, more people. And I think the more positive cases come up, there's going to be a lot of concern about COVID-19 mentioned uh, Arizona, Florida, Texas. Those are areas where it's very, it's spiking right now. And I just think that with athletes testing more positive tests, the leagues are going to look at everything and say, look, we need to, just figure out a way to to get through all of this and make sure that we don't have any any positive tests moving forward because this is still a serious issue. But then you also have the, the labor talks, like you just said. I, honestly, I, I was looking at – I know we talked about this in the past. I thought July 4th was going to be a, a deadline for whether or not we're going to get baseball. And it just seems like the more we get closer to that date, the less likely – we're going to get baseball back. My perception of baseball hasn't changed. I, I I still think it's the same, but yeah, I don't think we're getting baseball back. Espo? 
well, this is a league that's never been able to get out of its own way, especially when it comes to, to labor disputes. I mean, they've lived off of uh, the tradition and those people that that grew up, uh, you know, our, our, our parents' generation, that, that it's, it, baseball was kind of the end-all, be-all in this country. Well, our generation, uh, you know, and Justin, I think you might be a little younger than me, but, uh, you know, looking at that 94 strike, I mean – I fell in love with basketball around that time and never thought twice about, about baseball. Do I enjoy the Diamondbacks? Sure. But basketball became, became my sports obsession simply because that in that early night, mid early nineties, uh, basketball had some of the greatest athletes, some of the greatest series and baseball was fighting over dollars and cents. And we're back there uh, again. And you're not gaining fans. You're bleeding fans, uh, in, in the way baseball handles these kind of things. And we're in the middle of a pandemic and millionaires and billionaires can't go, you know what, let's decide on something just because it's right for the game. And we can have this fight next year when the when the labor uh, agreement the cba uh, comes up but let's put that aside for the betterment of all of us and because uh, you know there's something much bigger going on uh, right now in the country uh, than than a- anything else that we could argue about and and they didn't think that way they were the sport that that should have been the first out of the gates should have had the easiest road to trying to be the safest because the sport is outside. There's not contact between uh, between players, and yet they found a way to put enough impediments in front of them that they come out of this looking like the worst league of all of them. <laughs> and this and the season hadn't even started yet no. when all this happened. They were in the middle of spring training. They decided to shut everything down. Meanwhile, basketball, the NBA, is approaching playoffs, and they're still figuring out ways. And they're look like they're more likely to come back uh, to the season. And then, and that's the difference right there between the NBA and the MLB. The NBA just seems to be all about finding the best solution. Mm-hmm. Adam Silver, that's why I always applaud Adam Silver, and I think he's the best commissioner in professional sports because he is all about finding the right solutions and doing it the right way. And Major League Baseball, once again, falls short. Well, there's, think, there's, oh, go ahead. Go ahead I, say, I think Adam Silver is uh, one of the few commissioners that doesn't act as if, uh, he reports to the owners. He acts as if he is the guardian of the game and trying to bridge the gap between owners and players. And that should be the commissioner's mindset. I get it that the owners technically hire you, but they're hiring you to be the liaison between the two and figure out how to guide the sport. Because if it was left up to owners and players, all we would see is the kind of labor strife we see uh, we see in baseball. So that's why you need a strong commissioner. Rob Manford has proven he's not the guy for baseball. I mean, that's perfectly said. That's exactly the reason, you know. Um, hey, let, let, let's move on to uh, a, a, a silly topic, but also kind of appropriate. You know, Espo, you're a dad. Uh, I'm a dad. And Justin uh, is not a dad, but a dog well, dad. at least that we know of. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, Justin put it out there on the Total BS uh, Twitter page. Uh, you know, who is the greatest dad in all of movie history? And there was a lot of good comments. Uh, Furious Styles was a, was a, a popular one from Justin. Um, I, uh, man, I can't even remember who the hell I said. Oh, no, I said Chevy Chase. From National Lampoon's Vacation. My man went all the way from coast to coast 
and then he even put a dead body on the top of his roof just to get <laughs> to Wally World. Like, my man, that, that's dedication. So, and took a security uh, guard, guard hostage so his family could get into the theme park. So, yeah, that, that's going above <laughs> and beyond there. Uh, but, you know, Espo, who's, who's your favorite dad of all time? Oh, if we're talking best dad, and this might get a little dark, but I think Thomas Wayne from uh, from Batman, <laughs> right? Uh, we've only ever seen him in one scene in any of the Batman films, and it's him stepping in front of a bullet to try to protect his wife and his child. All right. And so I, I give Thomas Wayne the nod here. And without him doing that, we don't get Batman. So I think I, I think Thomas Wayne, there's not there's not more you can do than than sacrifice yourself for, for your child uh, that that would make you a, a quality dad. I know we were trying to go lighthearted, but to me, <laughs> when you look at it, I, it's tough to argue against against that because that's the only scene we've ever seen him in. So. <laughs> that and giving fatherly advice and flashbacks. So, you know, I don't, I, that, that's all I got with that. I, I would love to know why you picked Furious Styles there, Justin. He's so awesome, man. He's so <laughs> awesome. Okay. So, Furious Styles is a single father, right? He could have easily just decided, you know what? I'm not going to raise my son. Hey, we got a, we got a ride in vote. We got a ride in vote. Ready? Yes, oh, sir. Yes, yes sir. sir. There we go. Mic, mic drop. Gerald there Spears, the great, the goat. That is there the goat. Go. But I think you know, Fury Styles, um, and, and you know, a lot of his lessons. It, it wasn't um, very typical dad. You know, a lot of his one-liners. Like I remember one of one of my favorite lines from Boys in the Hood. And I, anytime I hear someone say you're going to learn the hard way, I always think of Furious Styles talking to Cuba Gooding Jr about having sex and the possibility of having a kid and becoming a father at an early age. And he says, I don't know why you insist on learning the hard way, Trey, but you're going to learn. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're, you're going to learn. learn. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. But, and also, you know, a legendary line that he said, you know, it takes any man with a, yeah. you know what, to make a baby, but it takes a real man to raise his children. And that's why Fury Styles to me is the greatest dad in in movie history. Now, if we're talking about TV history, there's a there's a number of guys that you can bring up, like, like Philip Banks. Philip Banks, there you go. Rest in peace, Uncle Phil. Philip Banks is a terrific father, and the reason why I have him in the goat category is because he took in a guy who's not even blood related. Because remember. Will was related to Aunt Viv. So there's no blood relation whatsoever, but he sure. took in his his nephew and took him in as one of his own. And that's why Uncle Phil is the goat father and, of TV history. And Go by ahead. the third season, it wasn't even the same Aunt Viv. So they, they weren't yeah. even related you know, by that point, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I bet you didn't know we were going to break down uh, Fresh Prince of Bill Air like that, right? Hey, I, I love it. But I wonder. <laughs> Was Uncle Phil that great of a dad? Because when you look at Carlton, uh, you know, there and and his actual kids, he did a better job raising Will, I think, than he did his own kids there. Well, you know, I think I think he probably focused less on, you know, Carlton and uh, and Ashley and uh, and Hillary just because, you know, he felt like maybe they were squared away. Maybe Hillary not so much, but the other two for sure, you know. But, you know, Will came in as such a wild card. Um, that he he had to focus all his his efforts on him and it paid off and when will's father came back during the tv show 
and left at the end because he all of a sudden had a job to do and they couldn't go on this cross country trip. When Will talked about, you know, I didn't need him then. I don't need him now. And he started breaking down crying. Who was there to scoop up Will and hug him and let him know that you're a great man. I mean, that right there in any comedy series, that was probably the most dramatic and best scene that I I've ever I've ever witnessed because you just kind of don't expect it out of a show like that to be that serious and that like heart wrenching and then all of a sudden like I just you know every time I see it I'm like oh god man. you know I'm just crying <laughs> you know what I mean like like a baby you know because I'm like why don't you love Will man Will's cool man you know how come he don't want me man yeah <laughs> true I I'm a I'm a Phil Dunphy from Modern Family but only because <laughs> my is just really bad jokes. And my three-year-old daughter just looks at me like I'm embarrassed by you, dad. So that's the way I roll. But Espo real quick. I know you're chock full of dad jokes. So if, if you have any off the top of your head that you'd like to share, feel free <laughs> in honor of father's day. A, a man walks into a bar. Wow. That one gets, that gets my three-year-old every time uh, for no good reason. I, you can't put a guy. Dad jokes are are in the moment, and you just yeah. say stupid. Uh, it's it's not pre pre written kind of jokes. It's just it's just dumb commentary that goes along to embarrass your kids. That's the true art of the dad joke. Very true, very true, my friend. That is Greg, <laughs> Greg Esposito joining us today, talking about a whole bunch of just random stuff: NBA, baseball, and uh, Uncle Phil. Uh, there we go. That's a, a well-rounded show. Hey, happy Father's Day to you, my man. And thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for uh, having me on. Happy Father's Day to uh, both of you. I do count dogs as uh, as being a dad. So uh, so thank, thank you. you. Thank you, Justin, for having me. And happy Father's Day to you. No, thanks, Espo. Appreciate it. That's Greg Esposito joining us on the Total BS Podcast today. Oh, That's man. Whew. That, was a, that was a lot we, we just got into. Um, you know, I think – I think the cool thing about both of our guests today is that they're so different, right? They come from different, um, they come, they're, they're covering different things, right? One's in hip hop and rap and also a writer and trying to get, you know, get his voice out there. Same thing with Espo um, with, um, you know, just doing his MBA thing. He also does a lot of digital media, which is right up my alley as well. So, um, you know, it's a cool, well-rounded podcast today. There we go. Love it. I love it. Espo yeah. was great. Um, LQ was great. And is his last name Iverson? Iverson. Yep. Man, that's such a great last name. Dang. It's, it's, it's a goat last name for sure. Yeah. He's like, I always, I always wondered like, what it'd be like to share the same last name with like a great athlete, especially if they're a favorite team that you like, cause you could literally just buy their Jersey all the time. And it's like a <laughs> custom made Jersey, which I think is great. But like you said, Saul, you know, different backgrounds, different perspective on, you know, a lot of things. And that's what the Total BS Podcast is all about. Those two guests is what what this show is about. Some music, some sports, having fun, sharing some laughs, having good dialogue. That's what it's all about. For sure, for sure. And, uh, you know, I I want to talk about one more thing, and I'm going to try and pull it up um, while we're we're doing this. But Jamie Foxx. Oh, yes. You know, Jamie Foxx is uh, in the middle of getting yoked up. Right, he's getting yoked up for um, for a possible. Well, it is a movie um, where he plays Mike Tyson, a biopic, um, and he talks about a scene um, at the beginning of the movie. Unfortunately, we don't have that, but I did come across some Mike Tyson footage, and I don't know 
first of all, I don't know why Mike Tyson is getting back into the rhythm of, of everything again, but the dude looks fierce, right? He looks legit. You know, if, if here, I, I got you right here. <laughs> Let's go. We sit a hype outside, right from the house. Uh, Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Did you see that dude? <sighs> that dude is yoked, and he's fifty-three years old. Dude, insane, uh, insane, I, insane. And and you know what? You all you saw was a glimpse of his body. You didn't see him working the bags. Nope. And and sparring with his trainer, yep. even even in his mid fifties, I would never fight Mike Tyson ever. You know no. what? I would never. Mike Tyson could be seventy years old, and I still wouldn't want to smoke because Mike Tyson is that guy. He is so deadly with his hands, and you know I- I'm curious as to why he's training, trying to fight because. You always heard why he stepped away from boxing. And uh, he has his podcast with Evan Britton, who used to play in the NFL. It's called Hot Boxing with Mike Tyson. And he's always talked about how he was a monster when he was boxing. He would always say, like, I'm a monster. I was a monster. (laughs) I I just battled so many demons. I just had all this this aggression. And I I didn't recognize myself. My, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a good impression there. So Mike Tyson looked back at, at his life and saw the kind of person that he was. And then he took DMT, which is like this venom or poison that you can get off the back of a, a frog or a toad in the Sonoran Desert. You smoke it in. Apparently you have like this vision quest and you become this totally different person. And this toad figure essentially becomes like this god in your life. And Mike Tyson has talked about that a number of times. And he's become this very peaceful, very woke, just a different Mike Tyson than when we saw during his boxing days. And uh, I'm, I'm interested to see how much Jamie Foxx goes into later in Mike Tyson's life. But yeah, Mike Tyson's still in his mid-50s. I don't want to fight him. Yo, for real. No, you know, growing up, that was the that was the million dollar question, right? Would you fight Mike Tyson for a million dollars, or would you would you take one punch from Mike Tyson for a million dollars? I and would. To this day, I would say hell no. I would. That dude crosses me one time across my face. I might I might have a million dollars, sure, but nine hundred and ninety thousand of it is going to my freaking <laughs> wheelchair because I have nothing else. Because I got nothing else. Like he is taking your head straight up off your neck. So it's not going to cost that much. <laughs> Man, insurance premiums are high as hell. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, uh, moving along to, uh, you know, our everybody's favorite topic. Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. You sent me one today, and uh, I think it's, it's, it's apropos that we uh, had Luis or LQ on at the beginning because he's a hip-hop guy. And I would venture to say that Iverson, Mr. Iverson, would never, ever – be Justin Spears's don't be that guy this week. Here it is. Make you wanna slap your mama. Pop Priesto's got the best motherfucking gyros, gyros. You ever ate your life so good. Make more lip You got to have Peters, Peters, Pop Priesto, Peters. They got everything. I'ma just give you a rundown of some of my favorites. They got tzatziki. I. Oh, hold on. 
Octopod Tequila. Well, uh, whatever, but it's good. Avalamano <laughs> soup, Cabo Pizza. And they got wine too. I'm telling you, come on down to Papa Cristo. You can't even pronounce the food. <laughs> so, for those that uh, who are wondering who that is, that is Ja Rule, former famous rapper. Uh, well, I mean, he's still you know famous now because he's he's Ja Rule. But I mean, oh yeah, every, he's fire. He's fire. 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 He's fire. And, famous. Fire festival famous. There you go. And and I know fire festival famous and Dave Chappelle famous because anytime I hear Ja Rule's name, I think about the skit when Dave Chappelle was saying, we need to stop worshiping celebrities and their opinions. I remember during 9-11, I turned on MTV and the news was on and they said, well, let's bring on Ja Rule to hear his <laughs> thoughts on 9-11. And Dave Chappelle's like, he's like, I don't care what Ja Rule has to say. I'm, like, I'm scared half to death. I don't want to dance. So... <laughs> Yeah, and for said, real. Next time there's a there's a big event or we need a celebrity's opinion. I'm just gonna say, where is Ja? We need Ja Rule. But Ja Rule, I th- that was like a celebrity show off. I don't know why he did that commercial for. Uh, Must a, be heard for money or something. A Greek a Greek restaurant. But another reason why Ja Rule is don't be that guy. There's a video going around the internet of him at a private house party. So apparently you can book Ja Rule to come out, perform at one of your house parties. He's, a, a, I guess, a, a pretty big rapper, so you want him to perform. Well, he was at a house party this past weekend. I don't think that's following the CDC guidelines for social distancing. So Ja Rule doing live events at a house party where there was about 20 to 30 people. Yeah, your my don't be that guy for this week. Oh my gosh! Well, my don't be that guy comes at the hands of fear. Um, there's a gentleman out there, and it, it, this is a clip from 2016, but I just had to bring it back. This this dude jumps out of an ha- airplane, jumps out of an airplane with no parachute, hoping to land in the net. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. yeah here you go. Skydiver Luke Akins. He does not have a parachute. And he's 25,000 feet high. He's got some friends, and now he doesn't. He has to hit the net. This has a, it, it had us riveted. That- oh. I mean, I mean, yo. That yeah. gave me anxiety. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, first of all, here's my question: Did everybody else have a back uh, have a parachute? They had to have, right? <laughs> yeah. And they were just guiding him just in case. But still, like no parachute. Like I'm, I'm, I'm solo in this, and I hope I hit this net right. Because if I don't, that's that's deuces. that's it. That's deuces. that's it for me. Yeah, no, don't be that guy. Don't. Yeah, don't. No, I'm good. Saul, so, would you ever go skydiving? You know, I had an opportunity to once, and uh, no, no. I, I think I might. It just I would have to have the right kind of persuasion. What What would be the persuasion? Ooh, I don't know, man. It would have to be a better. I don't want to know. <laughs> Estella knows. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, babe. I'm, I'm just joking around. Oh, man, I might pay for that on Father's Day. It's Father's Day. I can say whatever I want right now. I'm good. Exactly. So, it's your day. Hey, hey Speaking of which, May, uh, major shout out to all the fathers out there today. I uh, know... Uh, it's it's not ideal to do a live stream because you know you're busy with your family and whatnot. But we 
we're going to keep it consistent no matter what. And that's why we did this today. And so to all the fathers out there doing your thing, appreciate you. Hey, and to you, you know, Justin, his dad, uh, unfortunately passed away. This is the second, um, the second father's day without him. But you know, what's so great about this is, is that, you know, you, you always get to remember the good things about, uh, your, your dad, who was, he was such a, such a kind gentleman and an impressive man. Um, I wish I would have been able to hang around him just a little bit more. Um, I only had a few opportunities to meet him. Uh, and, and, I, and I think that that goes for even your, your, your brother who now has a kid and, uh, you know, he's taking on those same ideals that he had, um, from his, from your dad and uh, passing them on to his now daughter. So it's just a beautiful yeah. thing all the way around. The legacy never dies. It just lives on between you guys. And that's what I try to do with my kids. Um, and I, all the good fathers out there, you're doing that for yours. And, uh, I can't thank you guys enough for doing what you do. And like you said, the legacy never dies. There are so many things that you can learn from your father, especially being a man. You know, you learn so many different things uh, from your dad. And I was so fortunate enough to have a dad who was different. You know, my dad grew up in Carson, California, which is literally right next to Compton. Uh, he didn't go to uh, college after high school. He graduated, started working for the federal government, and then we moved out here to Tucson, Arizona. But my dad was always this kind of, you know, rugged street guy, who, but he had such a crazy work ethic. And the reason why I'm such a hard worker is because I saw how my parents always got up at three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning to go to work. And, you know, I never understood how my dad was always available to me. You know, he would work 10 hours a day, six days a week, but he still found a way to make it to all my football practices. He made sure that I had a life that he didn't have. And, you know, there are so many isms that, you know, you learn from your dad. Like one of my favorite ones is, you know, he said it when we were uh, cleaning his truck and it was during monsoon season. So it was actually starting to sprinkle. It was sprinkling as we're wiping the truck. And I said, dad, it's going to rain. Like we never should have washed your truck. And he said, along the lines, I'm not going to uh, say it's on here specifically because <laughs> I want to keep it a little G rated, but pretty much said, why clean yourself when you know you're going to defecate again? <laughs> or if I always said, but dad, if this, if that, if, 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 mm -hmm. if, and he say, yeah, but you know, if my aunt had a mustache, then she'd be my uncle. Yeah. There you go. There you so, go. You know, my dad had so many isms and, you know, he was such a positive influence in not only my life, but my brother's life. And, you know, anyone that he encountered, uh, they always loved and, and respected my dad. And, you know, Father's Day is always tough. And, you know, my birthday is the 4th of July. My dad's birthday is also on the 4th of July. So, you know, birthdays, Father's Days, Damn. It's, it's, it's always tough. But you know what? I have so many great memories of my father. And I will continue to carry on his legacy and – you know, I know my dad's not the only one. I know there are so many yeah. amazing fathers out there who just love their kids, uh, whether it's, you know, a son, whether you have daughters. You know, my brother loves his daughter. You know, we come from a family of boys, and it's so great to see my my brother become a girl dad. Yeah. You know, everybody talked about Kobe Bryant and how he should have a boy so they can continue on the legacy. No. But Kobe loved being yeah. a girl dad and having four daughters, so – for sure. Um, shout out to all the dads out there. Happy Father's Day to all of you, and thank you for being you. 
For sure, for sure. You know, it, it, you, you couldn't have said it any better. Um, you know, I, again, uh, happy Father's Day to everybody out there. And that wraps up the show. Another episode of the Total BS Podcast in the books. You know, I think this is our ep- our 14th episode. 14. 14th. Yeah, that was kind of quick, huh? Mm-hmm. It was just seems like just like just the other day we were talking about the last dance. And now that feels like it was a decade ago. That That was only a month ago, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy. Felt, felt like it was longer. Yeah, it did. This whole COVID thing has felt like it's been just a long, epic poem. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm on the Odyssey as we speak right now. So, uh, <laughs> but, anyway, <laughs> but you know, we're gonna have a ton more podcasts coming your way because quarantine, Saul's home, I home. We're gonna be pumping out a bunch of podcasts. We have our one in the middle of the week, which will be coming out on Thursday. So make sure you subscribe to the Total BS Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, and subscribe on YouTube and follow us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram as well. There you go. And uh, till we see you next time, peace. Your fans just might turn into our fans. Be cool, it's just a part of this program. Spit your best 16 if you must. You not whack, you just sound whack rapping after us.